May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Welcome to Parkway Fellowship and welcome to church today. Today we wrap up our series called Lost Causes. You know, when I first started in ministry, I, um, I got a call from a guy in our church, asked me to go to lunch with him after church the next Sunday. And so you know, I said, sure. I mean, he was a great guy, leader in the church, you know, all that. Um, so we went to lunch and what he said to me at lunch, I'll be honest with you, caught me completely off guard. Completely off guard. He said to me, he said, Mike, when I was a teenager, I felt like God was asking me to be a youth pastor. But I didn't do it. And so here I am, 35 years old, happily married, got three kids, great career, and I'm feeling really guilty about not doing what God wanted me to do. Have I disappointed God? Is God disappointed in me? I'll be honest with you, I was so caught off guard by what he asked. I, I, I really don't remember exactly what I said. I mean, I think it was something like, you know, well, it's been a long time. I'm sure God's gotten over it by now, you know. I didn't say that, okay? Now, we had a really great conversation that day. But I'm telling you what, he was struggling with some serious, serious guilt over his past. So much so that he said that his spiritual life had come to a standstill. He said, now outwardly, he had it all together. You would never have guessed. But inwardly, he said he felt like God was just getting farther and farther and farther away from him. And he wondered if it all couldn't be traced back for that, to that time when he let God down and didn't do what God asked him to do when God asked him to do it. And you know, I think the devil would like nothing more than to paralyze each one of us by making us feel guilty about things that have happened in our past. Making us feel like, you know, we've disappointed God. Because if the devil can get us to feel guilty about our past, then that can paralyze us, it can devastate us, it can derail us and make us feel distant from God, and can make us feel like we can never be sold out for Christ because we're suffering from guilt of selling Christ out. And some of us here today might feel like we've disappointed God. Perhaps we felt like God wanted us to be a youth pastor or a kid's pastor or a missionary or wanted us to preach. Or perhaps we did something that we knew was wrong, had an affair, a divorce, abused alcohol or some other substance or did some things in college that are, whatever it is, we wish we could go back and undo it, but we can't. Or maybe we, you know, wrote a hateful letter, or posted something, or emailed something that we wish that we could take, take back, but I'm telling you, once it's done, it's done. Or maybe it's something that we didn't do that we wish we had done. Maybe we wish we'd shared Christ with a friend but that friend's now just gone off the deep end. Or maybe we wish we had told them that we loved them or spent time with our kids 
when we could have, but we didn't. And so now we're suffering tremendous guilt over those types of things. You know, I mean, it could be any of those things. It could be none of those things. But regardless, whatever it is for us in our lives, we know that we are imperfect. And just because we're imperfect, does that mean that God doesn't love us? Have we let God down? Is God disappointed in us? I mean, I've done things I wish I hadn't done. Is God disappointed in me? What am I supposed to do? Well, that's why this morning, I'm so glad that we're gonna look at um, what happened to one of the 12 apostles, or 12 disciples, a guy named Peter. Someplace in the Bible, he's called Simon Peter. Now, he's the guy who walked on water. He was the first guy to say out loud that Jesus was the one true Messiah. He was the leader of the apostles. He was Jesus' right-hand man. But he also made more, more mistakes than any of the other disciples. And we're going to look at one of those times when he really let Jesus down. And Peter knew it when he did it. So on the night before Jesus was crucified, Peter told Jesus that he was willing to die for him. Well, Jesus turned to Peter and said, before the rooster crows in the morning, you will deny that you even know me. Not once, but three times. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Now, here's the scene that we're gonna look at this morning. So go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. Peter is in the courtyard of Caiaphas, the high priest. And across the courtyard, Jesus is being accused of crimes that he didn't commit and is on trial. Okay? Now, look what happens when the, as the Bible describes the third time that Peter denies Jesus. It's in Luke 22, beginning in verse 59. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he's a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord, that's Jesus, turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. I cannot imagine that kind of guilt. Peter must have felt so disappointed in himself. He must have felt like he had disappointed Jesus as well. I'm telling you, Peter had to feel like a lost cause. Now, after Jesus is crucified... After Jesus rises from the dead, Peter and Jesus have an encounter. And in this encounter, how Peter responds shows us the path back to God after we have let him down, after we feel like we've disappointed him. And even when the evil one tries to weigh us down with guilt and shame and makes us feel like we are lost cause, if we will take this same path that Peter takes, 
we can have a relationship with God fully restored. So, what is my path back when I feel like I've disappointed God? Okay, here's your first fill in the morning. The path back is this. The first step is, number one, I need to go personally to Christ. I need to go personally to Christ. Now remember, this is after the crucifixion and the resurrection. And since Peter's denial, the truth is, we almost get the sense that Peter is avoiding Jesus because Peter doesn't go to any of the places where Jesus is. Jesus would likely go. He doesn't go to the temple. He doesn't go to the synagogue. He doesn't go to Mary and Joseph's house. Where is Peter? He's on a boat fishing on the Sea of Galilee. And so, look at the first part of what happens in this encounter. In, this encounter. in John 21, beginning in verse 4, verse 4. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. When the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord, as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, you know, for he'd taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about 100 yards. You see, although Peter had been avoiding Jesus, once he saw Jesus, there was that thing inside him that wanted to be close to Jesus. So without thinking too much, he just jumped into the water and started swimming. As soon as he could touch, you know, he ran the rest of the way onto the shore. Now, there's an important lesson in here for you and for me, and that's this. When you feel guilty, when you feel guilty, when you feel like you've disappointed God, you need to go personally to Jesus. And I know, that is the last thing you would feel like doing. Because none of us want to admit that we are wrong, and we certainly don't want to face the person that we've disappointed. So much, though, that a lot of people try to find substitutes for going to Jesus. A lot of people, the first thing they try to do is they just go to church. Because they think, well, if I just go to church, then I'm going to feel better. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you came to church today because you just wanted to feel better about some things that you've done in the past. Look, that is a good start, but it is not a substitute for going personally to Jesus. And people try other things too. They go to other Christian friends, or they go to a pastor, or to a minister, or to a mentor, someone that they look up to. But I'm telling you, none of those are substitutes for going personally to Jesus. Because here's the deal. There's this thing inside you, inside of me, that we want to be, like, to be closer to Christ. We want to have that relationship with, restored. So be like Peter. Don't think about it anymore. Go immediately to Christ. Because the path back always goes through a personal encounter with Jesus. So would you make a commitment to do that? Would you make a commitment to go personally to Jesus? 
whether it's something that you've done in the past or even later on if it's something you do in the future, would you make a commitment now that you would go personally to Jesus? Well, how? How do you do that? By getting on your knees and praying and confessing whatever you've done to him directly. And coming to Jesus, you know, it might be dramatic, like Peter did, something like he did. But remember, for, it might not be dramatic, because the other disciples, they just rowed the boat back to shore. But regardless, however you do it, you got to go personally to Jesus. Not just to church, not just to a pastor, not just to a minister, not just to a close friend, not just to a mentor. Go personally to Jesus. And in the future, every time the devil brings up something in your past to try to make you feel guilty, just go to Jesus again. Go to him again. And that relationship can be restored. Now, that's the first step. Here's the second step of the path that Peter lays out for us. Number two is this. Since I'm forgiven, do whatever Jesus asks. Since I'm forgiven... Do whatever Jesus says. Now, after Peter and the other disciples, they get to shore, they have some breakfast together, and Jesus, get this, Jesus asked Peter three times if he loves him. And the reason Jesus asked him three times is because Peter denied knowing Jesus three times. Now, look what happens the third time Jesus asks. Check it out. In John chapter 21, verse 17, verse 17 the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. I want you to underline that. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I want you to circle feed my sheep. We're going to come back to that in just a second. But look at that part I had you underlined. Peter loved Jesus. Peter even tells Jesus, hey, you know that I love you. And Jesus did know that Peter loved him. He knew that. See, Peter wouldn't have felt guilty if he didn't love Jesus. So here's the thing. If you feel guilty over something that you've done or not done in the past, that's actually a good sign because it means that you care and that you, there is love for Christ and for God inside your heart. Now, I want you to notice another key thing. Look at what Jesus does not say because there's, there's one thing that Jesus does not say in this entire encounter. Nowhere does Jesus tell Peter, okay, now you're forgiven. He never says that anywhere in this entire encounter. Do you know why? It's because Peter was already forgiven. He was already forgiven. Now, Peter didn't feel forgiven. He still felt guilty. But get this, sometimes what we feel and what is real are two very different things. Sometimes what we feel and what is real are two very different things. And that might be where you are today. 
You might be having that conflicted part of feelings. But look, here's the thing you need to know, and it's what Peter needed to know. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he purchased forgiveness for every sin that you've committed in the past and every sin that you will ever commit in the future. So Peter's sins were already forgiven because Peter had already placed his hope in Christ and his trust in Christ. So the only person that hadn't forgiven Peter was Peter, right? You know, and that might be where you are today. You might be still struggling with some tremendous guilt over the past. Things that you wish you had done, things that you didn't do, things that you did do. Look, here's the deal. If you're already a Christ follower, you're already forgiven. You're already forgiven. Now, that's not a license to go out and just do whatever you want, okay? But it is a license to, to not have to feel condemned by God. Because you're not. You're forgiven already. Because remember, sometimes how we feel and what is real don't always line up. And so we need to understand that we are already forgiven as Christ followers. So sometimes as a Christ follower, the only one keeping you from a right relationship with God is you. Now, if you've never become a Christ follower, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you and place your trust in him, then your sins aren't forgiven. Not yet. But they can be by praying a very simple and yet powerful prayer. And there's a sample of that prayer on the bottom of your message notes, at the bottom of the page. If you've never prayed that prayer before, I'm gonna give you a chance to pray that today in just a little bit. But I'd encourage you, pray it today. You know, and you might think, I, how could God ever love me after what I've done? Let me tell you, God does love you no matter what you've done. So much so that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross so that his death could pay the price and purchase forgiveness for what you've done. But to receive that forgiveness, you have to ask for it and promise to follow him from this day forward. I'm going to give you a chance to do that at the very end of our message today. Okay? But I want you to look at that part that I had you circle, the part where it says, feed my sheep. See, that's what Jesus told Peter he wanted him to do. He wanted him to feed sheep. Now, Jesus wasn't talking about literal sheep, okay? He was using sheep as a metaphor to represent people. Now, he was asking, asking Peter to feed and take care of people who believed in Jesus. And that's exactly what Peter did. So much so that Peter gave himself so wholeheartedly to feeding sheep that he eventually was recognized as one of the worldwide leaders of the church and even wrote two books of the Bible. Pretty amazing. So here's the lesson. Whatever God asks you to do, do it. Whatever he asks you to do, do it. Now, you might feel comfortable at what he asks you to do, or you might not. But look, here's the deal. There's no verse in the Bible that says that God is only gonna ask you to do what feels comfy. It's not there. And look, Jesus asked a fisherman to feed sheep. I'm sure there was things about that that weren't comfortable for Peter either. 
So comfort is not even an issue. But here's what it did do for Peter. It forced Peter to rely and depend on God. And that's a good thing. So whatever the Lord asks you to do, do it. You know, maybe you struggled with knowing what God wants you to do. How, how do you know what God wants you to do? Well, you know what God wants you to do through commands in the Bible. You'll know through prayer. And you also know through that stirring in your heart that you just can't seem to get rid of. Now, you've got to remember that all those things have to line up with the rest of the Bible and can't be contradictory to what the Bible says. But as you follow Christ, things will become clearer. I'm sure for Peter, you know, he didn't know a thing about feeding sheep and Jesus didn't give him any directions about it. But as he went along and followed Christ, things became clearer of how to do it. And that'll be the same to you. So just start following God and doing what he tells you to do and things will become clearer as you go. Okay, let's wrap it up with number three. Here it is. Third thing is this. Take following Christ seriously. You gotta take following Christ seriously. I want you to look at this, at the end of this encounter on the seashore. In John 21, verse 19, then he, that's Jesus, said to him, that's Peter, then he said to him, follow me, follow me. Now, Jesus had just told Peter, you know, feed my sheep. And so now Jesus tells him to follow him? Wait, why? Doesn't that sound a bit redundant? No, it wasn't. Peter needed something to push him off of high center. See, here's the deal. For Peter to follow Jesus meant that he had to stop fishing. He couldn't fish for a living and feed sheep for a hobby. He needed to feed sheep for a living and fish for a hobby. That's what he needed to do. And so for you, there might be some things that you need to stop doing if you're going to follow Christ. Peter had to stop fishing. For you, it might be a behavior it might be a business or a hobby or an industry uh, or travel. You know, who knows? But chances are there's going to be something that you're going to have to change about how you walk the path of life in order to walk the path that Jesus wants you to walk. Something's going to have to change. Let me just be a little bit blunt. Let me just, let me just say this. Don't treat your Christianity like it's a hobby. Stop treating Jesus like he's a hobby. Like you can just spend your whole week, you know, fishing, doing whatever it is you want to do out in the world that has nothing to do with Jesus, and then come into church on Sunday pretending that you and Jesus are like that. Jesus would say the same thing to you as he would say to me, as he said to Peter. Jesus would say, follow me. Follow me. Don't treat me like a magic eight ball that you just consult me when you don't know what to do. Don't treat me like I'm a once a week activity. Don't treat me like I'm a genie at your beck and call when you get into trouble. Follow me because I am the son of God. 
I'm the one who died for you. I'm the one who rose from the grave. I'm the one who's coming back again to judge the living and the dead. That is who I am, so follow me. That's what he's saying to each one of us. That's what he was saying to Peter. So get on the path to following Christ. I don't know what that would mean for you, but it will certainly mean that God will put before you choices to follow Christ and choices where you can just do what you want. Please choose to follow Christ. Choose to follow Christ. Remember that guy I told you about at the start of the message that um, felt like God wanted to be a youth pastor when he was a teenager? Well, I kept waiting for him to make an announcement that he was going to change careers and go into the ministry. But he never did. And over time, I saw that excitement and that fire for Christ begin to extinguish in his eyes. So don't be like that. Don't do that. Be like Peter. You're not a lost cause any more than Peter was. In fact, two pages in the Bible after this encounter, Peter ends up sharing his faith and over 3,000 people accept Christ. Don't let the devil make you feel like you're a lost cause just because some things have happened in your past. You can still do incredible things for God, and God can do incredible things for you. Because if God can take a guy like Peter, who was basically a disappointer because he disappointed Jesus, God can take him, just like he can take you, if you follow this path, he can do what he did for Peter. Because Peter was a guy who became restored. He became restored. And God can do the same for you if you will follow the same path that Peter followed. And that is that you would go to Jesus personally. You do whatever he asks and you take following him seriously. Because I'm telling you, with God, there are no lost causes. None. So find your connection card, and let's all take some next steps together. Maybe it's this first one. I will stop avoiding Jesus and go to him personally with my past. Would you do that? I'll stop avoiding Jesus and go to him personally with your past. Number two, as a Christ follower... I believe my forgiveness is real, even if that's not how I feel. That's a huge one. That's huge. Next, I commit to do whatever Jesus asks me to do. Whether that's now or in the future, that whatever he asks you to do, would you just say yes, I'm gonna say yes, Lord, even before I know what it is. Would you make that kind of a commitment? It's big. Next, I will take following Christ more seriously than I am now by blank. And I want you to write something in that blank. Whatever that is, whatever it is you feel like Jesus is asking you to do to up your game, write it in that blank. Next, Jesus has asked me to do something in the past that I've ignored. I'm willing to ask him if he still wants me to follow through. Or the last one. 
I will pray the prayer to become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. If you've never prayed that prayer, I'm going to give you a chance to do it right now. In fact, I'm going to give everybody a chance to pray and ask God to bless you and to help you follow through with these next steps and in so doing, change your life. So right now, everybody listening to my voice, I want you to bow your head and I want you to take these few moments and I want you to pray. And if you're ready to pray the prayer to become a Christ follower, now is your chance to do that. So let's take these next few moments and pray right now. Father, I want to say thank you for your goodness to each one of us and your patience with all of us as, you know, we try to live for you. And for those that have some pretty serious things in their past, Lord, I help, ask you to help them realize they're in the past. And if they're a Christ follower, they're forgiven. And if they're not a Christ follower yet, for those that just became Christ followers, help them know that everything they've ever done has been forgiven. And there's no need to struggle with guilt or shame any longer because it's over. You've forgiven. And I thank you for your goodness and your grace and your kindness to do that for each one of us. And so I ask that you would help us to walk in that forgiveness. And you would help us to always go personally to you. Lord, that we would do whatever you ask, whenever you ask it. And that you would bring us all back again next week so we can hear more of what you want to say to each one of us. And I love you and ask you to do all of this in the great name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.